Anderson as I dive in and get to know our professional pioneers, local heroes, and interesting locals to find out more about the people who make Muncie matter. All right, welcome to the show. This is Muncie Matters, the podcast with me, Jesse Anderson. Um, very, very excited for our guest today. Um, born in Kentucky, some quick notes here. Uh, went to IWU and Ball State University. You guys may know him as Mr. Muncie. Um, loves working out, cabaret singing, and emceeing for events far and wide. He has impacted so many lives. It is truly an honor to sit down with you, Mr. Dale Basham. Oh, Jesse from State Farm. I'm so glad to be with you. Welcome, welcome. This is awesome. I know, me too. I mean, you know what? I think I remember when you moved in here, I was at the Visitor's Bureau, mm -hmm. and I made it my business to come in here and check things out. Welcome you, you to You made town. it your business to see my business. I sure did. Yes. I sure did. And I loved that you're downtown. You're committed to downtown right across the street from the... Uh, Horizon Convention Center, by the way. What a yes. prime location. Hey, we did our best. Thank yeah, you so much. Yeah. Thank you for those kind words. Great office. And I love, you know what I love as much as anything in this whole office is your wall of license plates. Yes. That's genius. That, that is thanks to my wife. Well, she came in and did a great job. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I love that. Well, well, Dale, thank you so much for joining me. Um, <clears throat> you know, this is the first episode of the first season. You're one of the first guys I thought of. Um, I told myself I have to have Dale Basham. So um, one thing I wanted to talk about is with Muncie Matters, the whole mission is to invite people in and have real discussions where people in Muncie in the community can actually get to know some of these people that have impacted so many lives, right? So we're talking about business leaders, uh, local heroes, EMTs, firefighters, cops, people that have stories uh, that can touch lives. And with you, I think one area that you've always kind of shined would be education. Mm -hmm. You've had Thank an incredible you. career. Um, you even gave me a copy of your resume, and I'm going to be honest, it was a lot. I know, there was, there, there right? was a lot there. You've done a I lot. Know. I go and edit Absolutely. it, and I just get tired. I, I, bet, I bet. Yeah, your fingers keep working, but you're, you're typing away. Um, so I wanted to, I just kind of wanted to open it up to that. I wanted to say, you know, you're from Kentucky, so... I guess, tell us why Muncie? What, what, what brought you here? Well, it was, it was really, uh, there was never an intention to come to Muncie and move here and stay here. I, um, I grew up in Louisville, and um, a Wesleyan Methodist boy, church boy, all the, all the way. Uh, if the church was open, my dad and my mom usually unlocked the door. My dad still to this day is 91 years old. My mother is 89. They still go to church every Sunday. My dad leads the singing. My mother plays the piano. That's awesome. I know, right? So I grew up in the church, and our church school was, at the time, Marion College, mm -hmm. now Indiana Wesleyan University. Okay. So I got a great deal uh, to go there, some scholarship money, and went there for four years. And honestly... We used to come to Muncie for a good time. Okay, okay. <laughs> From, okay. So now, we're living now, in Marion. Okay, so right? give, give us a decade. What, what years? Uh, uh, 70s. 70s, uh -huh, okay. Right. So I met, okay. a, I met a girl in college, and we fell in love, and we decided, we graduated. Mm -hmm. We decided that I would go, I, would, I found a job at my home 
high school in Louisville. Mm -hmm. Sure. And so I moved there, and she found a job at Jay County and lived in Muncie. Okay. So we both said, as as the year went on, we saved money and planned to get married. And the deal was, I was going to apply to grad school where she was teaching. Okay. And she was going to apply to grad school where I was teaching. Okay. And whoever got the better deal was the one that was going to move. Yeah, it sounds like a fair deal. <clears throat> it was, right? Yeah. So I got a great uh, a, a great offer from Ball State, an assistantship. So I moved here, got married, moved here, did my master's in speech and theater at Ball State. And uh, oddly... It, it was uh, it was one of those serendipitous kinds of things. I was playing the music man, Harold oh, Hill, okay, in uh, at, at Ball State Theater. Mm -hmm. It was the last summer of my master's degree, and I was pretty sure I was going to go to Hollywood, <laughs> yeah, yeah, or probably New York. Oh, I was sure. going to be a star, <laughs> stage and screen, whatever. So, uh, so I was playing the, the the music man. And at the end of one of the shows, and I think it might have been maybe Friday or Saturday, I don't know. But a guy came backstage and said to me, Dale loved the show. Uh, I, my English speech and drama teacher at Southside High School just left me for a year's leave of absence. And I don't, I don't, do you have a, an English speech or drama license? And I said, well, Mr. Hedge, I have all three of those licenses. And so, 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 I'm glad he kind of liked me in the show. Yeah, he said, oh, yeah. great. I think I kind of dropped in his lap, uh, so to speak. And so I went to Southside High School, met with him on Monday, got the job. That's awesome. Spent a year uh, waiting for this other guy to come back, and he never did, and I never left. Yeah. So I taught drama at Southside for about 17, 18 years, okay. doing all the plays, was the manager of the auditorium, but I also taught speech. And English, but my my primary gig was speech and drama. Okay. Um, all of my classrooms were in the auditorium, and you know that that was where I landed, and that's where I stayed. Well, I about I don't know about 15 years in, I thought you know what I don't have many more plays in me. I mm -hmm. gotta I gotta find some other gig because this is wearing me out. Sure, sure. You know, it's just nonstop. Yeah, it's a lot. You're directing plays. You're your auditorium manager and anybody that rents the auditorium is coming in there and you got to take care of lighting. You know, if we used to do quartet conventions all the time. Man. So I'd go upstairs and do the light. And you know, I grew up in the church, so uh, when there was a quartet that I liked, I would <laughs> I would make my way downstairs and, <laughs> and work my way on the stage one, half, yeah. one way or another. Oh, sure, yeah. So, you know, that, but so I started, uh, I went back to school and got a guidance degree. Okay. And honestly, a guy. When I was when I was done and ready to hire, I got retired out of Southside Guidance Office, and they just hired me. So just moved down the hallway okay. from theater to to guidance, and that was a wonderful gig for about 10, 12 years. Um, and honestly, Jesse, I'll tell you, people say, which one did you like better? Which one? Or I'd get a new job, and they say, oh, don't you miss the old job? You know what? I have always loved the job I had. Yeah. For me, it was just perfect until it wasn't perfect anymore, and it was time for me to move on. So I made I that happen. I think happen. it's one of those things where you don't know what you're missing because you're enjoying the moment you're in, right? That's right. So, so you enjoyed the guidance counseling while you were in it. Yep. You probably weren't missing the other, and you probably didn't when you didn't no. know what was coming in front of you. So. Exactly. And you know what? I, I went to guidance because guidance counselors were not putting 
students into the arts. They weren't, they weren't sending them to speech and drama and okay. band and theater. All of those things that really enhance a life. Yeah, Especially yeah. for me at Southside High School, I knew my kids needed those kinds of opportunities, mm -hmm. those, those moments. Of, so I thought, you know what, the best way to solve that problem is just to become a guidance counselor. <laughs> you just push them all. That's it. Find so out that's what they're what good I did. at and send them away. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what well, I did. Well, see, so I was never in band oh. in school. So I went to Delta High School. I was never in band, but I was in bands. You know what I mean? We were yep. in rock bands. Yes. Um, and that's one regret of mine. I, I really wish in middle school I would have gotten involved in band in middle school. So that brings me to my question. What's something from your middle school, your high school days, what's something that, not a regret, but what's something maybe you wish you had given more time to in school? Huh. Well, you know, I, um, I, listen, I was into everything I okay. could get into. I was into everything that I could connect with. I was always hustling. And I don't know that I have any regrets. I guess... I wish I'd studied harder and made better grades. I was a B student, mm -hmm. but you know what? I I missed out probably on great scholarships, but I got a good one at Indiana Wesleyan, so sure. whatever. Yeah, you got your education. Right, and I did some yeah. great things. You know, I was an exchange student when I was in high school. Okay. I was in Scotland for... Oh, uh, wow. Oh, it was amazing. Wow. The guy that I lived with in Scotland came and lived with me several months, a season. I was there for the summer. Mm -hmm. um, and he was there for just before that for about the same amount of time. Lived with me. And then we said goodbyes. And I packed up. And then I moved to Scotland to live with him for another season. That's so awesome. we were really together for about... Six months. Yeah, that's crazy. It was. And so that was a great opportunity that How I just... How were you at that time? I was a junior in high school. Junior in high school. Okay. In fact, it was celeb in celebration of the 400th anniversary of the English Speaking Union, which is typically... Uh, the, the titular head of it is the uh, Prince of Wales. At the mm -hmm. time, Prince um, Philip okay. was head of it. And the Queen and he had come to Kentucky a lot because they loved horses, mm -hmm. stayed in Lexington, went to derbies, sure, that sort sure. of thing. Yeah. So when they decided to celebrate the 400th anniversary, they set up a uh, an exchange program with 25 students in Kentucky. And I applied. I thought, oh, that just sounds like such a good thing to do. And I applied. And against all odds, I was selected as 27. Wow. And so I thought, you know what? A lot of people would give up and feel all depressed right mm -hmm. now. Yeah. And, of course, that, those were, uh, that selection process was a couple of years even before the exchange ever took place. And I just said, you know what? I'm not going to give up. Mm -hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay. I'm going to go to every one of these meetings yeah. that they call for. Crazier things have happened that mm -hmm. that two people would drop out or have to leave or couldn't pay for it or whatever. There's a good chance I'm going to get to go to Scotland. I went to Scotland. No, that's awesome. I was completely tenacious, and um, and I think that was that was that's a characteristic of mine that has probably worn out my family. Okay. I'm just so tenacious. If I believe it, if, if there's a possibility. If I'm interested in it and I think I, I can talk myself into a reason for doing it, then I'm going to figure out a way to get there. Dale Basham's going to get it done. <laughs> no, and I and I, that's one thing I do. Um, I see a lot in the community about you. Mm. I, I, the people I talk to, um, hey, for that you got to call Dale Basham. 
Oh, 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 for that, you need to call Dale Basham. Excellent. It's, that's why you're Mr. Muncie to me, because the people I've talked to in the last year or so, getting to know the downtown organization and um, people who own businesses down here, they just know you as kind of the moniker of Mr. Muncie because you're everywhere. Well, thank you. You're at the Visitors Bureau, you yeah. Rotary, um, yeah. you know, the downtown uh, Muncie events and ribbon cuttings, and then you're over yep. here at Muncie on the Move. Yep. But then the school systems, right? So you, you've kind of taken me through... Um, the guidance counseling and the theater you've obviously had some political aspirations yep. and I guess how do those blend into one another I know education can easily pour into politics wow. right and this certainly isn't a political show that's not what we're doing but I'm just curious how do you how do you get there how did Dale Basham get there from teaching guidance counseling affecting the lives of, of all these kids right and they all speak so highly of you but then I see you campaigning on social media and you're saying, you know, Jerry here on the South side, he remembers me from my, I had his kids at school and they're going on Facebook saying vote for Dale Basham because yeah. he's a good dude. Thank you. Anything else, drop it at the floor, but he's a good guy and he really, truly cares. Sure, good. So I'm curious how you connected those dots. Well, you know, I grew up in a, in a political family. Okay. My mom was our precinct. I think maybe my mom and dad were both elected, but she actually did all the work. Precinct. <laughs> <laughs> Common case. Right, exactly. So she uh, was the precinct, what did they call it? She was a precinct chairman. She was a precinct captain. That's what they called okay. it uh, down in Louisville. And um, Louisville at the time was a little bit more Republican than it is now. And I hope you don't mind me using the terms. That's just all. who I am. And this yep. is one of my, hey. one of my, you know, labels, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So I grew up in that family. And my dad, they were very active in politics. My mom uh, would go knock on doors with me. Mm -hmm. and, or she'd take me to go knock on doors yeah. to campaign in the okay. precinct to get a feel for her candidates and her people. And she discovered early on that if you dress Dale Basham, little Dale Basham up in a, <laughs> in a little suit and a bow tie and you give him a couple of lines to say, uh -huh. he will take it. He'll turn <laughs> So we would knock on doors and my mom would toss it to me and I would go, I would just tell, I would just tell it like, like it was, you know. Yeah. And a little kid in a bow tie knocking on doors is just golden. That's the part I love the most. Maybe because I grew up mm -hmm. in doing it and I, I saw that response that I would get from people and I don't find it difficult to talk about how I feel about things. Sure. Especially having been in the school system. <clears throat> you know, after I was a guidance counselor, I became an associate principal and the director of the career center and then assistant, you know, uh, and this, and this, and this, at principal <laughs> at Central. So, yeah. you know, I know hundreds and hun thousands of kids you that do, grew yeah. up and had families. They know Mr. Basham, you know, for better or for worse, mostly better because I was a nice, mm -hmm. I was a nice teacher, a nice guidance counselor, sure. a nice principal. And that's what makes the difference. I really am a people person and, um, and so politics for me was natural, not just because I had a history in it, but because as a teacher or an educational leader, you have to understand your audience and sell a message. Mm -hmm. You've got to convince the students in your classroom to do the work to be good, to be a good speech communicator. Sure. Or you have to convince students 
to sign up for a Core 40 diploma because eventually, trust me, I'm Mr. Basham, and you know your parents have already said, don't give him any problems. He was yeah. my drama teacher. Right, right. So I would have to sell uh, hard work and uh, discipline, and sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't. So as a person knocking on doors, talking about my causes, things that I believe in, mm -hmm. to some of my old students. It's a dream. It is a dream. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of full circle for you. It is. That's really cool. Uh, and, you know, and, and I always make the point, um, you know, when I was at Southside, I was that same guy at Southside. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of, for many years I was there, well, I was there for 35, they used to call me Mr. Muncie. Yeah. Or Mr. Southside. Mr. I Southside. Mr. Southside. I've heard that too. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and so, oh, about halfway through that 35 years, I commandeered the announcements. Mm-hmm. And so I started giving the announcements every day. I would record pre-show music. <laughs> I can't it. imagine. Oh, yeah, it was yeah. a little production. And so I would every day I'd burn a CD. And it, see, I had this whole philosophy of pre-show and post-show music, and I learned it when I was doing events in the theater. Okay. You have to grab an audience as soon as they walk in the door, or they've lose they you've lost them to the to the, the opportunity of going to another world. Yeah. So for me, it was always instrumental music because mm -hmm. if you ins if you recorded background with words, people get lost in the words rather than the conversations yeah. or the moment. So I got started doing that, and I thought, you know what? Our kids are not listening to these announcements. I'm, I'm going to tell you something. They're going to start listening to my announcements. Yeah. And so I would. I would, I, I would burn a CD and pre-show it, post-show it, and I called it, it's Basham time. And so, <laughs> I love that. So, I didn't go to Southside, so I didn't know. No, exactly. Yeah, that's really so cool, I yeah. will still see people at the grocery store, and they'll say, it's Basham time. I will know the era of my career by the things they say to me. Isn't that special, though? Oh, I mean, that's so cool. Yeah, it almost brings a little tear to my eye yeah. and my heart mm -hmm. to realize that a legacy um, is not something you can buy. And we'll be right back. Why Muncie? I mean, I know why you moved here, but why did you stay? I mean, did you start building those relationships and, and started realizing I'm impacting these lives. It would be odd for me to just kind of pick up and go to make more money when maybe that's not even the answer. When I landed at Southside, it was kind of that way because Southside has always been the other side of the tracks. Mm -hmm. And so when I came into Southside, I completely understood the vibe. And I think I made it my unwritten mission I was going to let the rest of Muncie see how fabulous Southside truly was. Mm -hmm. There was such energy. There was such a vibe. It was family because we were all on the other side of the tracks. And although there were fights all over, the we, we, it didn't matter. You know, <laughs> it was, that's what it was. Yeah. And so, um, and so, and, but we got to get, there were all kinds of people at Southside and it was no big deal. Yeah. I mean, no big deal. And I mean, when I say all kinds, I mean all kinds of people just walking the hallways, just being their authentic selves. It was no big deal. You didn't have to come out as one thing or another. You just were that. Yeah. And so yeah. people just kind of extend, oh, you know, 
people would make fun of people, but that's life. Yeah. And then we yeah. move on, and then we all go to games together and mm -hmm. enjoy life together. And because we were all the other side of the tracks, I think there's I think there's a bit of. Um, with the other side of the tracks, there's clearly a negative connotation. Well, that. there was at, at the time, and yeah. and yet we had great, like I, in my shows, in my variety shows, I would have great vocalists, I would have great acts. I mean, I produced everything that I did, just like I do now. Yeah. And so we became kind of a yeah. beacon. Uh, and because of that, I think a lot of people who, who grew up with me at Southside High School appreciated Mr. Basham for what he did for Southside to bring us to another level, okay. to bring us to another place. And people were not making fun of us any longer. Mm -hmm. Mr. Basham was our champion and now we are his champions. Yeah, and it, but the best part is it's legit. Um, help them get into music, help them get into drama, help them get prepared to go to college or what skilled trades or what's their next step. Right? Help them find their paths Yes. and, yep. to, and to head there with tena tenacity. Okay. And you know, um, I was thinking something as, uh, you know, as uh, the, I, lo I love a, con a conversation that ebbs and flows because it, uh, you know, you take one thing and take it to another place. Yeah. Um, I uh, really, but I w I'm going to hasten to add that I was a tough teacher. I was a teacher that believed if you, if you stick with me, and you do the assignments, you will not just get a good grade, you will get, you will get some skills that will change your life, mm -hmm. your sure. life. And, um, and I made no bones about setting the, uh, the rules, the uh, parameters of my classroom on day one. And did people challenge me? Oh, yes, they did. Did I win? Oh, yes, I did. <laughs> you <laughs> so, have to lay down the law, right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But yeah. I think people respected, my students respected, whether I was the teacher, their guidance counselor, or their principal. They understood that if I said it, it was a rule. Mm -hmm. And if you follow these rules, you can have untold joy. You can have an education that you can walk out of here and be proud of. But if you don't... At the end of the day, it's on them. It is. Yeah, I mean, when it you lay down them. the law right. and you say, these are the rules... If you, you have got, expectations, you, you have need expectations. to stick with them. You do, you do. Mm -hmm. and, that, and that goes through with every, every um, avenue of life. Um, working in sales for as long as I have... And now owning a business, you see that with your employees sure. I mean, and yourself. You've got to set expectations for goals. And when you don't hit them, when they're your goals, you've got to kind of go back to the drawing board. Why didn't I hit these goals? Where do I go next? Yes. Um, I'm going to turn the conversation a bit. You mentioned your parents putting a bow tie on you when you were a child, right? What we see is a high fashion sense with Mr. Basham. In any event you're at, you look great. You're dressed to the nines. So where did that come from? Why do you care so much about looking good? Because I enjoy dressing up too, but you you kill it. Oh well, thank you. I, you know, thank you so much. Absolutely. That's high. That's high Absolutely. praise from Jesse from State Farm. Yeah. I mean, Jesse, <laughs> I, I I see you. I know what you're out there doing. And you know what I love about your vibe is that you have a vintage vibe. I do. I love me some vintage. I I I, uh, I have some some of my favorite vintage places in town. Yeah. Goodwills are great mm -hmm. for vintage buys and you can really, if you sort through it, you can find some really great things. I have over the years collected um, Hawaiian or South Sea shirts. 
like sure. Hawaiian yeah. shirts. Yeah. And you can find the best collection of vintage Hawaiian shirts at the Goodwill. Mm -hmm. you, you know, I really think, again, I give my parents credit because they were always very, they were, they were style stars. I can remember, oh, you know, Easter was a big deal in my family. We all got new, new outfits. And my dad, in fact, I still have some of the, some of the clothes that my dad wore in the 50s and 60s. That's I've just pulled it out, pulled them out of his closet. Mm -hmm. They still fit me. He's, he's, I know, right? And I've picked and chosen, but I have some really good pieces from him in his closet. He was a Pendleton's guy. He bought Pendleton jackets. Okay. Really kind of a high-end thing that, mm -hmm. you know, I probably wouldn't buy now because... You have so much, you don't need to have a few good pieces that last. Right. But my mom and dad used to always say, just buy the best that you can afford. Sure. If it's not the best, it's okay. It, it doesn't have to be Gucci. It does not have to be, you <laughs> right, know, right, it, right. It, that's too, you can't afford yeah. that. No. But buy the best you can afford, and that will be good investments. And, you know, I saw them do it, and they still do it. My, my parents at 91 and 89 still dress up and go to church. Honestly, maybe I told you this already. When during COVID, mm -hmm. they're about the the last ones left in their church. The church is about 35, 40 people. Sure, sure. They're old friends. They still open the doors on Sunday. They lock it up. They turn on the lights. They make sure everything's taken. During COVID, when all the churches were closed down, my mom and dad would get dressed up on a Sunday morning and go to church. And my dad would lead a couple songs. My mom would play them, but they were the only ones in the church. Mm. But they had to go to church. They got dressed up. And I think That's maybe so it is, isn't it? it? It really is. It's sweet to hear that. Yeah. So, um, I, and you know what? Even when I taught, I dressed up. I wore, I wore uh, ties. Mm -hmm. um, especially when I became a guidance counselor, ties, principal ties. Now, I'll tell you something. When I was, a, when I was the principal at Central... And I don't know what happened. I don't know what the event was. But as a little boy growing up in Louisville, bow ties were a thing because of the derby. Right. right. You know, you dress up in bow ties. That was kind of a southern style thing. So I had bow ties growing up. And I, every once in a while, I'd throw on a bow tie. But one day, as principal of Central, I put on a bow tie. For some reason. <laughs> I, I just wore a bow tie. Yeah. Well, it just about stopped the traffic. It, they just, people would just, I mean, of course they were already used to Mr. Basham. Yeah. Uh, but it just, it was so startling. Well, you know, that little fashion trend started and all my guys started wearing bow ties all the time. That's so cool. <laughs> See, and, but that's what you do. You're a trendsetter. Well, I don't know about that, yeah. but no. you know, you, I was, I was, I was kind of fearless. I think I'm fearless in my uh, clothing just because I like a little bit of style and it's yeah. just kind of, you you just want to, well, I, and I can also tell you, as a speech teacher, and I can remember saying this to myself silently so that no one else could hear me, Dale, you don't know it, but I think probably you're your own best teacher. You're teaching things to them year after year, and it's becoming a part of who you are. It's becoming a part of your vibe. You're going to learn that dressing for success is an important thing, and that's what you're going to do. You're going to yeah. learn you only have one chance to make a first impression, mm -hmm. not just hearing it once this year, but you've said it many, many times, and now it's something that you believe in. And the, the way you're teaching to organize a speech 
or give eye contact or natural gestures. Mm -hmm. You're teaching this, but really down the line, you're your own best teacher. These are things that are going to stay with you for the rest of your life. And we'll be right back. When you think of Pizza King, what do you think of? Well, you should. Because we build our pizzas one ingredient at a time until the flavor is just bursting off the crust. And when we pull your pizza out of the oven, you'll know the taste is fit for a king. And with convenient area locations, you're never too far away. Pizza King. Now that's pizza. So, Dale, we're back here. I've got some questions for you. What would Dale Basham do if he woke up in the morning and he realized he had a billion dollars in his bank account? I don't know that I would take a vacation right away, and I'm not sure I'd tell anybody. But I would start living larger than I do today. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Maybe build a nice house. Yeah, really. Buy all the vintage things you've ever wanted in life. Absolutely. Have at least four closets, I would say, with the nicest uh, linen. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, I'll tell you something. I think I think tell you what I might also do. Go ahead. Yeah. There's a little building down the street called Rose Court, Mm -hmm. and if you've never spent much time there, it is Mm -hmm. the it is the best little undiscovered gym in town, and you know what? I think with a billion dollars in my in my uh, bank account, I would buy Rose Court and dress it up and make it a premier location. It already is, and the people that own it are doing the best that they can do to make maintain it and keep it going and and rehab it, and they're doing a fabulous job. But that's mm-hmm. one thing I would do with the I, I was I've been in there a couple times in the last couple years mm-hmm. um, for a couple different things, and it still has that cool vintage vibe of when shops used to be in there. Mm-hmm. What is your dream vehicle and why? Well, I have <laughs> I have my dream vehicle. Okay. I have, yes, That's awesome. I have an XC4. Okay. Uh, it's a it's a little it's a little Cadillac SUV. I had I had when I was district governor, I had a Cadillac Coupe de Ville or some kind of a prissy Cadillac. I don't uh-huh. know. It was, yeah. it was a sharp little Cadillac, and I I just drove the heck out of it. And in fact, at one point during my years district governor, I. I drove into, I didn't realize it was so deep, but I drove into not a lake, but it had, we had had a rainstorm and I flooded it and I landed in there. We dried it out, dried it out, but it was never the same. I decided when I started my first campaign that I needed a different kind of a car. And so that XT4, uh, uh, like a, just a a little, Mm -hmm. little SUV, Cadillac. I love it. It it does everything I need it to do. It's smarter than I am. It gives me good navigation (laughs) direction. That's great. But that's the thing. There's no better answer than, oh, I already have it. That's that's the one I'm driving. All right. Mm -hmm. Dream concert from any era. If you could could go to that era and see whether it's a band or a specific artist in their prime even. Yeah. Who would it be? When would it be? Give us the details. Well, there would be a lot. Um, (laughs) um, I would have loved to have seen the Beatles. One of the biggest Beatles fans ever. My best friend, Becky Bly, you may know her. I do. Went 
to see the Beatles. Okay, at the field at the, house? At the, no, at the State Fair of, in oh, at the Ohio. State Fair. Yeah, okay. Maybe in Ohio, I think. Okay. There was an Indiana. They came to Indiana, too. It was State. one of those two. Okay. But she went to that con. She went to one of those concerts, and she just still talks about it reverentially mm-hmm. to sure. this day. Would have loved to have seen the Rolling Stones. Never did. My brothers all went to see the Rolling Stones multiple times and have come back with stories that I cannot share on air. <laughs> I, I believe it. I believe it. <laughs> but I always was jealous. I was the oldest brother. And so I was always the one that would drive them around. They would sure. do crazy stuff. I was always the designated driver because <laughs> yeah. I was a rural follower, didn't want to get okay. in trouble. You were the good guy. So I was, and and I'm 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 glad for that. I'm glad that I have lived this long uh, because there was a whole lot of craziness swirling around me throughout oh, the sure. '60s and '70s. Yeah, would have loved to have seen the Rolling Stones. I saw some good concerts, but I was never a big concert goer. I was mostly a concert goer at, at to to concerts like Manhattan Transfer. Okay. I love the Manhattan Transfer primarily because once when I was in New York, there were little little kiosks around in the 70s and you could get a there was this new group in town called the Manhattan Transfer. Nobody had ever heard of them. I was there with a bunch of theater students and we thought, well, let's go to this. It's ten dollars, two drinks. Yeah. We'll see a concert, and it was the Manhattan Transfer. They're Manhattan. big. They're huge, and in a in a in a venue like that, it was like there were probably maybe two hundred max people in the audience. Wow. Hearing a fresh new group called Manhattan Transfers doing a brand new kind of music genre that was just amazing. Yeah. And so, yeah. I, so I saw them several times in concerts just because I had been such fans from the beginning. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Growing up, or even now, favorite sport and any um, instruments, any musical talent. Um, I believe you maybe mentioned music growing up. <clears throat> yep. Uh, so I know you sing. Yep. But I'm talking yep. guitar, piano, bass, drums, anything like that. Or, Got it. Um, and then also any sports that you played or enjoy watching. <clears throat> well, um. I when I I was a run, I've always been a runner okay. and played a little bit of tennis, mm. um, and so I love doing both of those things. I still run, uh, not as much as I want to, but I'm still a runner and I okay. still you know work out. So sure. those are the those are the biggest participation sports that I used to do or that I do. Um, ping pong in my family was huge. I mean, I guess that's not really a sport, but I will tell oh, you is. something. Ping pong's a sport, 100%. We honored a, I got a guy today from Delta, a senior from Delta. I saw that on Facebook. Yes. Yeah. And he's on the ping pong team at Delta. I, I went to Delta, and I had no I had no uh, idea, I guess, that they had a ping pong. That, or table I, tennis or ping pong? Ping pong. He, no, that's, he, that's crazy. He listed it proudly, and I and that's I announced amazing. it proudly. Ping pong's fun. He's a, he, and he, too, is a runner. So, that's, yeah. If you've ever seen <laughs> Forrest Gump, yeah. then you know it's a real talent. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That's right. It that's, took him around the so world, cool. didn't it? Yeah, it sure did. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's yes, so cool. Absolutely. Okay. And then musical instruments. I took piano lessons um, for many of my formative years and never practiced, never cared. And to this day, I could probably play one or two songs half of uh, I, I can't play very much but I, I took violin uh, okay. when I was a fourth grader and I Fun. that I took that instrument and played it and uh, enjoyed it 
Um, when you play the violin, you really have to really commit to the mm -hmm. violin because otherwise it's just a screeching instrument hanging sure. off of your left arm and shoulder. Sure. And it's so, you know, you know, I, I worked hard and got better at it, never got really good, but I put it away at college because I just didn't want that commitment. Sure. So, yeah. It's a lot to, yeah. to commit to an instrument and actually you know, be do well at it. At it. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've mm -hmm. got to be, um, I guess there's got to be some kind of uh, want and need mm -hmm. to continue learning um, and develop that talent. Mm -hmm. um, very rarely does anyone just pick up an instrument and they're very quickly talented. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it happens. Yeah, right. Um, I would imagine Paul McCartney is one of those. Yeah, if, you, if you've ever read about his talents, it, it didn't, it seems like it didn't take long for him to be good at any of the things he plays. Isn't that amazing? It, it is amazing. I'm a huge uh, Beatles fan, so. Yeah. Um, well, you know, when I was in, uh, when I lived in Scotland, uh, I was there in 1968. Okay. That was high Beatle territory. Sure, absolutely. We spent, we spent a week in London and uh, went to Carnaby Street. That's so cool. And hung out in uh, Abbey. All of those, all of those eras in 1968. Keep that in mind. That's a cool year. It was. That's a very an cool amazing yeah. summer to be sure. in Great Britain. Yeah, um, that's amazing. Uh -huh. And especially London. Yeah, that's so cool. And we'll be right back. Welcome to Muncie, a city rich in history and looking towards the future. Okay, we're back. We've got Dale Basham, and we're going to play a little game I like to call This or That. Oh. So this should be fun. I'm going to give you two options, and you've got to just pick one, mm -hmm. and we're going to move quickly through that list. Um, and it just gives the listeners and myself a little bit um, a little, a little bit more info about who is Dale Basham and what does he prefer um, when it comes to some things. So the first one up is NASCAR or NFL. Oh, NASCAR. Okay. Do you prefer sitcoms or a drama series? Sitcoms. Okay. Steinfeld. <laughs> Steinfeld, <laughs> yes. Rock music or jazz? Jazz. Okay. iPhone or Android? iPhone. TV or a book? Uh, it depends. Just okay. Depends. Give me more about that. Uh, well, I, you know, I've been reading some big books lately. I have a good buddy. Uh, okay. Alan Wisely is mm -hmm. a is a voracious reader, okay. and he reads uh, nonfiction as as do I, mm -hmm. and so he will be reading a book and he'll talk to me about it, and I said, Let me put that on the stack. So I have a stack of Alan Wisely's <laughs> book club, yeah. and they're all wonderful. I'm reading right now, Mob Lawyer, okay, about um, uh, uh, a mob lawyer who was an attorney during um, the Fidel Castro in Cuba and Havana and all the and all of the uh, corruption it, with the no, that's gotta uh, be interesting. Oh, it's fascinating. If they ever make a movie, Hoffa is yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's very cool. Mob lawyer. All right. So I'm going to say right now probably books. Oh, yeah. Would be your answer. Okay. Vinyl records or cassette tape? Oh, 
Well, oh, I have I have a lot of both, I do too, but I, I do love too. vinyl. Except uh, I've scratched most of them so much uh, that I can't go back and I know enjoy it's them like that. I know it's hard. Right. Some of my favorite records are, you know, they're getting worn out and scratched because they're already I, old when yeah. I'm buying them. Um, so you, I'm always looking for clean copies of things. I'll yep. buy duplicates just in case yep. when one goes out, I've got it. Um, well, I used to work at Musicland. Okay, I didn't and, know that. Uh, and yeah, and when you, I mean, you could just you know buy. Albums for just nothing. Oh, and sure. back in the day, Musicland was willing to trade in virgin vinyl for a new album. You just exchange it because they needed that old vinyl more sure. than they needed the record. Right. So mm-hmm. no, <laughs> I that's, have a vast that's, that's perfect. record collection. When it comes to food, we got steak or chicken? Chicken. Chicken. Okay. McDonald's or Taco Bell? Uh, probably Taco Bell. Okay. Apple or Microsoft? Microsoft. Okay. Skittles or Starburst? Oh, scar- Starburst. <laughs> okay. If you're going to rock shoes, are we going Nike or Adidas? A Nike. Okay. And then the last um, of the This or That series here, we've got 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and the 90s. Of those decades, which could you relive happily and why? Oh, I love the 50s. I think the style of the 50s was so cool. Jetsons, Andy of Mayberry, mm-hmm. um, retro seersucker. Um, that era was simple. It was in black and white rather mm-hmm. than multicolor. Sure. It was easier and stylish. To wrap it up, you're cool and you're classic <laughs> Dale Basham. So I, I again, I appreciate you um, jumping on. And I wanted to end this with any advice you have for anyone out there that would listen to this podcast. What is, you know, what is something you can tell them um, that's inspirational, something you believe in, something to kind of hold hope in a, in a dark time, um, something you've learned through, like you said, you're your best teacher, right? So what's something you can kind of display to the listeners um, in, in terms of inspiration? Well, it's so simple. It's such a cliche, but I have, um, I enjoy saying and doing, just do you, just do you. Jesse Anderson does Jesse Anderson better than anybody I know. You've got this, you've got this vintage vibe. You've got this You've got this podcast. You have a family who loves you and is adorable, and you are you're doing you're doing you. Over the years, I still can pick out some of those interesting characters who were maybe feeling a little bit uh, a little more odd than interest interesting as they walk through the hallways of Southside High yeah. School or the Career Center. Those were the kids, or Central, those were the kids that I would pick out and encourage them, just do you. They don't appreciate it yet, but if you keep doing you and you keep getting better at doing you, you are going to be an amazing person. And over and over and over again, I'm seeing that come to fruition as I bump into former students, former colleagues, Not that I had anything to do with it, but doing you is the best thing you can do. I love that. I think that's some of the best advice anyone could give anyone. (laughs) Because you're right. I mean, at the end of the day, you don't want to, um, you know, look in the mirror and, and see someone else. 
right? You don't want to see, you don't want to feel like, well, I'm, I'm yeah. acting like someone, my best friend. You know, I'm, I'm kind of implementing their their pieces into who I am. Mm-hmm. And I think at the at the end of the day, I think you're right. Just do you. you know, there is a path, and you're going to build it for yourself. So. Well, again, thank you, Dale Basham, for visiting. We're definitely going to have you back on in the future. And, um, yeah, I hope everyone enjoys this time with uh, Mr. Dale Basham. Mr. Muncie, thank you. Pleasure. Pleasure.